Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 9 called Bowls and Boils. Now the Lord speaks to Moses again and he is told to go to Pharaoh and speak to him. So Moses obviously has been uh, getting more confident and the Lord is equipping him just as he promised. I'm the one that made your mouth. I can speak through you. I can teach you what to say. And this is what he was to say. The God of the Hebrews or the God of Israel, and he's the God of the whole earth, of course, says, let my people go that they may serve me. The Hebrew word is abad. It's sometimes translated worship, but it also can be rendered serve. Because to worship is to serve. And some of you may be asking the question, well, what does it look like to serve the Lord? What does that mean for me? And I want to show you two passages that we'll turn to. First is the book of Job, which is right before Psalms. I want to show you the life of Job He is reflecting on the good old days. We actually aired this on Walk in Truth Radio this morning. Job was the greatest man of the East. What made him great? He was a man who pursued good and turned away from evil. What did his life look like? Well, in the first couple of chapters, we learned that he was a worshiper, that he offered sacrifice, that he honored God, that he prayed to God, even offered sacrifice unless his kids had done something wrong. That's the kind of man he was. He wanted to honor God. But he goes through in Job 29 and he talks about what his life looked like. Job takes up a discourse and he says, this is Job 29, look at verse 2. Oh, that I were as months gone by, Job 29, 2, as in the days when God watched over me. Now, God was still watching over Job, but he was obviously in the midst of a very difficult time. The enemy had attacked him full force. Notice he says, when his lamp, God's lamp shone over my head. And by his light, I walked through darkness. As I was in the prime of my days, when the friendship of God was over my tent, when the Almighty was yet within me, or yet with me, and God was still with him, but Job didn't understand what was going on. My children were around me. When my steps were bathed in butter, and the rock poured out for me streams of oil, my life was anointed When I went to the gate of the city, when I took my seat in the square, the young men saw me and hid themselves. The old men arose and stood. The princes stopped talking, put their hands on their mouths. The voice of the nobles was hushed and their tongues stuck to their palate. For when they, when the ear heard, it called me blessed. When the eye saw, it gave witness of me because notice what he did. I delivered the poor who cried for help, the orphan who had no helper. The blessing of one ready to perish came upon me, and I made the widow's heart sing for joy. I put on righteousness, and it clothed me. My justice was like a robe and a turban. I was eyes to the blind and feet to the lame. I was a father to the needy. I investigated the case which I did not know. I was even a man who tried to step in and do justice. I broke the jaws of the wicked, snatched the prey from his teeth. Then I thought, I shall die in my nest. I shall multiply my days as the sand. Skip down to 21. To me, they listened and waited, kept silent for my counsel. After my words, they did not speak again. My speech dropped on them. They waited for me as for the rain. 
and opened their mouth as for the spring rain. I smiled 24 on them when they did not believe, and the light of my face they did not cast down. I chose a way for them as, and sat as a chief, as chief, and dwelt as king among the troops, as one who comforted the mourners. Sometimes when we hear about serving God, we wonder, well, what does a life like that look like? And it's amazing to me to read this uh, section of Job and to see what this man was like. He was sought for counsel. He stepped in and helped the needy. He was there. He was doing really what Jesus said in Matthew 25. You helped the least of these, you did it for me. Now, one more I want to show you. It's the next book over. Psalm 119. We actually studied this on Wednesday night. How do you hit the mark? The the word for law in uh, the Old Testament is Torah, and it literally means to hit the mark. Psalm 119. I want you to look at verse 25. We studied this on Wednesday night, but it has the Hebrew word delet at the top, which means the door. This is the way you should walk, if you will. And here's what the psalmist says. Maybe, David, my soul cleaves to the dust, Psalm 119.25, revive me according to your word. I want you to note things of a righteous life, to serve God. I've told of my ways and you have answered me. Teach me your statutes. I don't want my ways anymore, God, I want yours. Make me understand the way of your precepts so I will meditate on your wonders. My soul weeps because of grief. Strengthen me according to your word. Remove the false way from me. Graciously grant me your law. I've chosen the faithful way. I've placed your ordinance before me. I cling to your testimonies. Oh, Lord, don't put me to shame. I shall run the way of your commandments. For you will what? Enlarge my heart. And I told the the group on Wednesday night, I think a prayer for us should be, Lord, make my heart bigger. And I quoted the Grinch because his heart was just too small. Remember? But when his eyes opened, his heart became bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's what we want. If you want to know what it means to serve God, it's not just about singing a song. It's not just about showing up at a building at a given hour. It is about making your life available to the master, enlarging your heart so you can be his hands and his feet in the world. If I just had a few of these attributes... (laughs) Like Job, right? Like the psalmist is talking about, Lord, enlarge my heart. Boy, the church would be making a huge impact in the world. And that's what we need to pray for. To me, that's what revival is. Back to Exodus chapter 9. This is what it means to be a worshiper, to hit the mark. And so the Lord wants Pharaoh to release his people. And he says, if you refuse, Exodus 9, 2, if you are unwilling to release my people, to let them go and continue to hold them, this is what I am going to do. Now, Pharaoh becomes a type or a picture of Satan who tries to hold the people of God in sin, which so easily, what? Entangles us. And this Hebrew word for release them has the idea of restraining, that the enemy here pictured as Pharaoh, or here as Pharaoh, but a type of Satan, is trying to hold on to God's people so that they're not free to worship God in spirit and in truth and to do the things that we just touched on. I don't know what's keeping you back. 
I don't know what has a hold of you this morning, but it's so easy to be entangled in sin and we lose our way and we lose our effectiveness. And God says, I want you to let my people go, Satan, Pharaoh, so that they may serve me. And Pharaoh, of course, to this point was unwilling. He was restraining the people of God. They didn't belong to him. They belong to God, yet he was still doing his restraining work. And we have a spiritual battle in Ephesians chapter 6. And we're to put on the full armor of God because we have an enemy and we have spiritual warfare. Amen? Amen. And I tell you what, it's, it, we see it every single day. We can see how our hearts are pulled towards that which doesn't please God, but there's still something in us that can be pulled that way. Let my people go release them. Uh, After our Wednesday night service, I had a chance to interact with Brother Tom, and he brought a passage to my attention I want to take you to next. It's in Luke chapter 13. And this is a beautiful interaction that Jesus has with a woman in a synagogue. Let's go to Luke 13, another look at what it means to be released in service to God. Luke 13, we'll pick it up at verse 11. Actually, 10. Jesus, Luke 13, 10, was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And there was a woman who for 18 years, Brother Tom pointed out, uh, the, if you take 666, you have 18. The woman was in that condition for 18 years. She had had a sickness caused by a spirit. She was bent double and could not straighten up at all. Bound bent over. Jesus saw her, Luke 13, 12. He called her over and said to her, woman, you are freed from your sickness. Let my people go. And he laid his hands on her. And immediately she was made erect again and began glorifying God. But the synagogue official, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, boy, they missed the whole point, didn't they? began saying to the crowd in response, there are six days in which work should be done. So come during them and get healed. Don't get healed on the Sabbath day. There's no healing going around here on on the Sabbath. There's six other days that you people can't get healed from being bent over for 18 years. Talk about straining at a gnat to swallow a camel. Talk about missing the meaning of Shabbat which is to rest and to find the enjoyment and the freedom of knowing God. Amen? Amen. She was made erect again after 18 years of a wait. And the Lord answered and said, you hypocrites, you love how politically correct Jesus is. 15, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead him away to water him? This woman, a daughter of Abraham, as she is, whom Satan has bound for 18 long years, should she not have been released from this bond on the Sabbath day? And as he said this, all his opponents were being humiliated. And the entire crowd was rejoicing over all the glorious things being done by him. Let's go back to Exodus chapter 9. Let my people go. I want them free to serve me. I don't want them weighed down, bent over, entangled anymore. We have a spiritual battle. 
Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful singing. Psalm 100, verse 2. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hello, I'm Rob Newton, the producer of Walk in Truth. You know, since we began on this journey of reaching out with God's truth to all people, we have grown to be on seven radio stations, one in Southern California, one in Northern California in the Bay Area, Arizona, Idaho, Utah, and two in Georgia, reaching people from all walks of life and faiths. In addition, we have listeners all over the world, like in South Africa, Nepal, Australia, the United Kingdom, Pakistan, and Israel, thanks to our podcast. The country where we have the second most listeners is India. Fewer than 3% of the population are Christians there. The hope of the gospel is getting around. If you are a financial partner, thank you for recognizing the importance of Walk in Truth by giving at least $5 a month and for praying for people's lives to be changed through hearing and responding to the messages aired each week. Through our partnership together, Walk in Truth has been able to carry God's message of hope to thousands of listeners who may be feeling stress, confusion, and hopelessness, and also contributing to the joy in learning God's Word and feeling Him close. Walk in Truth's total budget for radio airtime, promotion, equipment, supplies, and staffing is over $150,000 a year. Our goal has always been to become 100% listener-supported and expand into more radio stations as God provides. Our current level of listener financial support has grown to nearly 35%, and we are praying for more listeners to become part of the Walk in Truth team. Can you become a Walk in Truth partner, or can you give a one-time tax-deductible Christmas gift today? Please help us reach 50% listener support before the year ends. Call 844-48-TRUTH to give or visit walkintruth.com. That's 844-488-7884. 844-488-7884. One more time, 844-488-7884 or visit walkintruth.com. And Merry Christmas. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. The glorious things being done by Him. Let's go back to Exodus chapter 9. Let my people go. I want them free to serve me. I don't want them weighed down, bent over, entangled anymore. We have a spiritual battle. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Psalm 100, verse 2. Release my people. Romans 7, 6 says, Now we have been released from the law, having died to that which we were bound, so that we may serve in newness of spirit, Romans 7, 6, and not in oldness of the letter. So if you won't let him go, behold, the, land, the hand of the Lord, Exodus 9.3, will come with a very severe, Hebrew word, kabed, it's devastating in the RSV, pestilence. If you won't let him go, here comes another plague. Plague number five, it will come on your livestock, New King James has it as cattle, which are in the field, that's a key thing to remember, on the horses, on the donkeys, on the camels, on the herds, if you have an NIV, it's the cattle New King James oxen, and on the flocks, if you have a New King James, it's the sheep, NIV has it as sheep and goats. All of a sudden, the uh, 
plague is announced and here's what it's going to be. It's going to be against all these various animals. Now you have to remember, in an agrarian culture where there were no cars or no transportation of that sort, animals were absolutely essential to life. For the plowing of the field, for transportation and the like, for wealth. And so you could say in many ways this is an attack not, a, not only against the religious worship and we'll talk about this in a second, of Egypt, the false worship where they worshiped a lot of these animals, but also against their economy. God is going to attack the very place of their economic well-being, if you will. When a person or a nation was uh, considered well-to-do, they had a lot of this going on. They had a lot of animals and livestock and the like. And a severe pestilence was coming, and it was going to come if you will, on the economy, on all of Pharaoh's, are you ready? Sacred cows. Now, before we move on and sit in the stands as we often can do and say, Pharaoh, 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 what are our sacred cows in our country, in our life? What are the things that we've elevated as gods with a small g in our lives? whether it's economic or even things that, you know, grab our heart. You know, later on in Exodus 32, Israel is going to make a sacred cow or calf and worship it as Moses delays up on the mountain getting the law for 40 days and 40 nights. And they will worship this golden calf. And of all things, they will say, this is the God who led you out of Egypt. Can you imagine being God up on the mountain? It's like, no wonder God said, hey, I'm starting over with you, Moses. Just stand back. I'm going to fry him. <laughs> Moses interceded. God is full, full, filled with loving kindness. That's why I'm still here. Anyway. And so the list of animals has at least five different kinds that I count. And cattle among others, were sacred animals in Egypt and represented by various deities. Colts dedicated to the bull were common throughout Egypt. I'm reading there was Bukis, the sacred bull of Hermonthus and Menevis, who was worshipped at a place called Heliopolis. Sometimes bulls were considered to embody the gods Ptah and Ra, but the chief bull was Apis, A-P-I-S. At the temple in Memphis, priests maintained a sacred enclosure where they kept a live bull considered to be an incarnation of the god Apis. When the venerable bull died, he was given an elaborate burial. Archaeologists have discovered funeral niches for hundreds of these bulls in Memphis. Most notably, Apis the bull was the god of kingship, rebirth, strength, and fertility. In Egypt, they discovered mummies of all things of cows and bulls. I think we have a photo back there. I'm hoping that we can put up on the screen. And let me show you what they discovered. Uh, you've heard about the mummies that you know they discovered and King Tut and all of that. Mummified humans that were preserved well, this is how seriously they took worship in, of these things in Egypt. They actually mummified them. One of them looks like one of my dogs. Never mind. <laughs> anyway, with that sad little 
face. And so this is the sad reality of the worship of false gods in Egypt. Cole says, an ancient record of a battle of the Egyptians was lost because their enemies put a herd of cattle in front of their advancing troops. It worked because the Egyptian soldiers would not shoot at the opposing army for fear of accidentally killing what they considered to be sacred cattle. It became a ploy in warfare to put the sacred cows in front of an advancing army. This is how we can defeat the greatest army of the world, Egypt. You've been listening to Bulls and Boils, part one on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 9, 1 through 12. And if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we'd love to hear from you. You can email Pastor Michael with your questions based on whatever you heard in his teaching today. Or maybe you have a question about something else or need encouragement or prayer. Or maybe you just want to share with us how Pastor Michael's teachings have blessed you. You can email Pastor Michael at this email address, contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. One more time, contact at walkintruth.com. And thanks for reaching out. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, maybe as you read about these plagues and you see this message called the bulls and the boils, you're like, you know, this is harsh. Uh, There's some rough stuff coming down on the people of Egypt. And uh, if the Pharaoh's to blame, then why are all the people paying the price? Oh, that's a good question. You know, when a godly leader leads a nation, there's rejoicing. I'm I'm kind of uh, summarizing a proverb. When an ungodly ruler rules a nation, the people mourn. Because the inevitable trickle-down effect is that leaders make decisions that affect others or the citizens of a nation. You know, when you think about it, when you step back on some of the more controversial stuff about, you know, the the Pharaoh and uh, what happened with him and his heart. And you look at Romans nine, what you'll find is that Romans nine is really about nations. It's about what happened to the nation of Israel and the nation of Egypt is at the center of, of some of these verses in Romans nine. And my point is this, that when one rules a nation, uh, the inevitable effect will be that the people will either be blessed by good decision-making or suffer under bad decision-making. In fact, the Lord allowed that principle to work all the way through the history of Israel, and it still applies today. So if you're wondering, well, why did the, you know, the people of Egypt suffer and the children in Egypt? Well, because the Pharaoh was stubborn and he rejected God and he got the inevitable consequences of rejecting God. It's not a good move ever. So let's make it personal. Maybe you've been listening. Maybe God's got your attention through some different circumstances in your life. And maybe you've been rejecting him or ignoring him. It's time to come to the living God, to use the Exodus imagery to apply the blood of the lamb to the doorpost of your home and your heart. You know, he's so faithful to save. And he took the judgment that we deserved at the cross. And this is why so many 
say, this is why I love Jesus, because he first loved me. If you're not a believer today, you know, he's a prayer away. He's going to ask for your heart. And that means you need to repent and trust him. If you're driving, keep your eyes open. But if you know that this prayer is just right on the tip of your heart and your tongue, it's something like this. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you for coming on that rescue mission and dying on that terrible cross for me. I repent of my idolatry, of following the world and its false gods. I want to know you. Please forgive me of my sin. Be my God. Be my King. Be my Lord. I believe that you not only died on that terrible cross, but you conquered death and the resurrection. And I'm going to place my full trust in you. Change my heart, O God. Make me a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we would love to know about it. Maybe it was a prayer of rededication for you. Hey, you can send us a message through the website. The website is walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. This is Pastor Michael. Love to hear how the program has been a blessing to you. Again, walkintruth.com. See you tomorrow. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. It's also so more people like you can dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $5 a month or give a one-time gift. Visit walkintruth.com to give. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 9, verses 1 through 12, called Bulls and Boils. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.